0: For every business challenge, there is a solution. The Big Small Business Show is made possible by MTN Business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today.
1: the menu today.
0: There's guys that are cutting off people for one or two cents just to get the sale. Uh, It's not a loyal industry. And as you see these new activities coming into meetings, you've got to be wholly aware of what you currently have on your plate and what you take onto your back as a task. What happened is we understood their voice needs, their data needs, their SMS needs because they were saying don't ring fence me to a specific thing. If I need to phone a lot, allow me. If I need to use a lot of data, allow me. It's feast or famine.
1: As entrepreneurs we are often isolated. Our journeys are pretty lonely. Our problems are our own and we don't share much about our issues with other people. We're always putting on a veneer of how well things are. Meantime back at the ranch we're battling through our struggles as an entrepreneur and as time goes by our circles get smaller and smaller and we become more and more isolated. It's important for us to go and to reach out and look for other entrepreneurs who have gone through similar issues or reach out to programs such as the Big Small Business Show to to remind us of uh, the fact that this struggle is not just ours, it's all entrepreneurs. Let's go and meet one of those entrepreneurs who is doing such great things. This is the Big Small Business Show, the show for you, our entrepreneurs who are going to be building our economy into the future. This is the show for you, our uh, uh, corporate people, who are thinking about uh, crossing the line and coming over to our side of the world, to the light side of the force. This is the Big Small Business Show. Now normally we have a panel here today, but today I'm running solo. Uh, no panelists, no Kumara, no Mona Lisa next to me today, it's just me, Stockstill Alian here uh, in studio with our guest today, which is Caleb David. Caleb David uh, is the founder and CEO of Versatile Commodity Traders and they trade in fuel um, sounds like a tough business. So let, let, let's uh, first of all welcome. So te- tell us what what you do. What does the business do?
0: Um, so pretty much we uh, petroleum wholesalers. Uh, we uh, we try and service clients, or we service clients in the local area. What does uh, local mean? Footprint of South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, right. So we are able to supply across South Africa. Uh, different distribution points. Uh, different. Uh, so we, for example, we have distribution points on in Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban, Middleburg. So how, how does Rusten. the
1: business work? Do you, you know, my my imagination says
0: that you're on
1: the phone and you like all these screens and there's prices and then you you buy. No, no, it's, it's
0: pretty. It's not trading. Uh, so we pretty ho- pretty much wholesalers. So we buy straight from the majors. Uh, with the likes of BP, Shell, Engine, Sassel. Yes. So because we have the wholesale license, we get wholesale pricing. pricing. And uh, that gives us the edge to supply end users as well as other wholesalers.
1: So why would why, are there a number of uh, of uh, wholesalers in South Africa? Do you compete against other wholesalers?
0: Mm. Yes, for sure. There's, a, there's quite a few. In fact, there's a lot of wholesale licenses that have been distributed from the Department of Energy. A lot of them are dormant. Uh, not not in use but there are I'd say not a handful but there's quite a few big plays in the market that are around and people know about or which we compete against.
1: And why did you get into the, this business?
0: It's a funny story. Uh, I was actually a financial advisor at Al Mutual before I started and uh, meeting new clients, meeting different types of people, being a financial advisor. I, I met someone that tried to be in the fuel industry, told me that he's getting a shipment of fuel coming into the country and you're liking the supply. I look for some buyers. Being ignorant to the industry uh, I ran with my tail behind my legs running around looking for clients only to find out that uh, there was no supply. Hmm. Uh, so that uh, pushed me to actually get my own wholesale whole license, start my company and get my own supply straight from the majors.
1: The, the challenges in, in, in the industry um are unscrupulous competitors?
0: Uh, look uh, there's a lot of challenges in the industry with regards to first of all getting comfort from the client I mean they've given you large amounts of money uh, for truckloads of fuel so uh, there's a lot of risk uh, of clients just moving over to new suppliers as well as yes they are competitors that uh, are mixing fuel which have that edge of Giving sub- uh, customers cheaper prices. Uh, there's guys that are cutting out off people for one or two cents just to get the sale. Uh, it's not a loyal industry. Mm, uh, it's a um, cust- yeah, cu- customers can drop you in a second. So your customer is never your customer.
1: So how? how uh,
0: so what are you currently competing on? Is it relationships? What, what, uh, what? what we we pride ourselves in service delivery as well as relationships. Uh, we currently have a 24-hour call center. So the client can call our call center at 2 o'clock in the morning, where's my truck? Uh, how far is the truck? We can give them exact coordinates to where the truck is, how long the truck's gonna take. Um, we also have depots where if there's a shortage at the majors, or sometimes there's no fuel available. Mm. We have our own storage facility. So at any time, sometimes we can supply when there's shortages at the majors. To our clients, so we have that competitive edge where we rely on supply. So supply on the call when you need it, we can give it to you.
1: But as you said, when when your client uh, that you who relies on you, he then gets a price that's a couple of cents cheaper.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you yeah. get you you get, you get clients that uh, are on for the one or two cents cheaper, but you get those clients that understand that one or two cents doesn't matter when you get mm. reliable source of supply.
1: And, and do you have contracts? Is the, is the industry designed that you have a contract to supply uh, exclusively? Yeah, uh, we've got a
0: wholesale license. So that no, no,
1: I'm talking about to your end to your end buyer. So if you're supplying a, let's call it a transport company, mm-hmm. it, are these exclusive
0: relationships with them? Some of them are verbal agreements uh, where clients pay cash up front. Some of them are contract based where we supply the tanks to the clients of the yard. Uh, on a two-year contract, just to pay off the the tank. So, uh, for example, a client wants a 80,000 liter tank, or 83,000 liter tank, or 46,000 liter tank in their yard. We can supply to them, and uh, we sign a two-year contract, and we we incur the cost of the tank, and we mm. just we put it onto the cent per liter mm. price to the client.
1: And then they're bound to then for two years. For but after years. two
0: years, the tank belongs to the client, and they can they free mm. to buy from whoever they want.
1: And do they generally stay with you after that yes okay so so the big issue that we that we are trying to deal with today trying to answer today is i mean, I'm going to paraphrase here, but in a highly commoditized industry mm-hmm. with a, a very fickle um, client base who mm-hmm. is very price sensitive, mm-hmm. how do you compete? Is that the problem statement
0: yeah uh, look um we compete with, uh, as I said, reliability of product, uh, our integrity. I mean, uh, the client can call us at any time in order. Uh, obviously, we give them some guidelines on when you can order, when you can't order. There's certain time slots where you can and can't. We have a, generally a 24 to 48 hour leeway time where the client orders till delivery. Uh, but with regards to supply, we have supply across South Africa, so. Uh, it's not just at one depot delivering at one spot. So if a client has a, a, a yard in Johannesburg and at Cape Town and Joburg, we so can supply to all. So
1: you're saying that they, these are some of the solutions. But the problem statement that I uh, said is the problem in the mm. industry. Is mm. that would uh, would you say that's a problem we're trying to solve it's today? It's a big problem. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to have to take a break, and mm-hmm. uh, now when we come back, we're going to continue our co- conversation with Caleb. Thank you. This is the Big Small Business Show and this is our panel section uh, of the business and this is part two. And today, as you might notice, I'm flying solo, Gamarin and Mona Lisa are not here. And uh, in studio with me I have Caleb uh, David who is the founder and CEO of Versatile Commodity Traders and they trade fuel. They have got a wholesale license um, and they trade fuel and got a number of depots across the, the country. Um, and before the break we were talking uh, very much about what the problem in the industry was and I'm just going to repeat that is that it's a highly commoditized product. Petrol is petrol is petrol, fuel is fuel is fuel. Um, there are some unscrupulous uh, competitors in, in the market who mix fuel to get a cheaper, cheaper mix so that they com- can compete and customers are, are, are not very loyal, many customers are not loyal um, and will move for a couple of cents here and there in order to save money and that creates a huge issue for a small business in a, in a commoditized space. So let's come back to, to the business because you have sold 51% of the business 49% yeah. of the business to a, um, a, a a big player in the market. Yeah, they're okay. probably
0: the biggest wholesaler in South Africa. Okay.
1: And why did you do that?
0: Um, look to give me more of a pull in the industry. Um, Having them in my back uh, gives me opportunity to give clients 30-day accounts, 60-day accounts. Gives me opportunities to give tanks to my clients. Uh, it just gives, helps me um, supply better, give me a better source of supply as well. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And and um, how recently did you do
0: this deal? Uh, very recent. It was about three months back. Okay. Yeah.
1: And have you seen any change in
0: Yeah, we We have about a 300-400% growth with the volumes in the past three months from when we started with them, yes.
1: Okay, because for me the way that I'm thinking about this and Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm solutioning now, well let let me not solution, let's let's go to a couple Mm -hmm. more questions here. How do you get your
0: clients? Um, Various ways, Uh, so we have um, reps out there that go out and look for clients, uh, make calls, cold calling, uh, referrals, word of mouth, Okay, let's talk about those reps for Mm -hmm. for a second. Mm
1: -hmm. How are they managed?
0: So they're managed on a monthly basis uh, on volumes they bring. So They are also incentivized on the volumes. Do they have a basic? basic Yes, basic and commission. commission.
1: Okay, Okay. And and how do you manage them? So they send in reports. I'm talking about the actual practicality of managing them. Do you meet once a month? Do you meet? Uh, do
0: that? Send in reports. Mm-hmm. How do you? No, yeah, we meet weekly, so mm-hmm. once a week. Uh, yeah. They do send through reports. We do a report weekly on uh, the volumes they sold, potential clients, clients on the pipeline, um, what they offered. Uh, we get feedback on clients that declined them as well. Why did they get declined? Uh, what is the reason? Is it pricing? Is it they happy with their supplier? So we, it's pretty much we get the full survey done from them as well.
1: And how do you find your your salespeople are they already previously in the industry? Are
0: low Well, a couple of them aren't, uh, weren't in the industry before, so it took some time. It took some time to them, for them to get into the industry, learn the lingo, learn how the industry works. Uh, it's it's a very complicated industry. I know it may sound just like oh, it's just selling fuel, but it it's very complicated when it comes to supply do you train and client. Them? Yes, yes, we have training.
1: Yeah, formal training.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, do you
1: do you have an assessment? to know whether they, you know, it's the one thing to uh, to train somebody, there's another mm-hmm. thing to know whether they actually understood
0: it. Yeah, so what we do, we go with them to meetings for the first ten meetings, see clients, assess them, guide them. Uh, for the first four or five meetings, uh, uh, myself or the managers will handle the meeting, let them just sit, into the, sit in the meeting and uh, understand how we approach clients and how we answer questions. So uh, yes, we do the actual physical training, then we go and do the practicals with real clients.
1: Okay, and how do you, how do you determine how many salespeople you need? I mean you've got the whole territory of South Africa. You yeah. say you've got four or five of these salespeople. Mm-hmm. How do you cover the whole of, of South Africa? So what we
0: do, we have freelance reps. Okay. So we have people that, um, for example, sell us, but not on, on a salary. Yeah. So they just get commission on whatever they bring in. And
1: and and they also obviously do that for other wholesalers. Uh probably
0: probably and, so.
1: And 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 uh and the, the incentive is whoever gives them the biggest commission. The
0: biggest commission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a tough industry you you're in because okay. it feels
1: like price price price.
0: Everything uh it's a very price sensitive industry, but there's a lot of clients that uh believe in more reliability of the product, I mean there, there are guys that come in at ridiculous prices that are not market related, that no one can supply and then they'll do it for one or three loads and then that's it, they're gone. There's also guys that steal money from clients and so it's it's a very uh, sensitive in- industry with regards to knowing your client, your client knowing the supplier, the relationship. It's more of a relationship business than just going to anyone and saying do you want to buy fuel for me, here's my bank account details. Uh, okay.
1: Mm. I think I have. Uh, I think I have enough uh, to start uh, summarizing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to take a, a break now, and when we come back, uh, I'll uh, try and give uh, some. Um, I don't want to say advice, but maybe some things to think about uh, for Caleb, um, so that he can take that back into his. This is the Big Small Business Show and this is our panel section today. This is part three where I am about to give a summary to a, a Caleb David who is the CEO and founder of Versatile Commodity Traders. They trade in fuel, um, a highly commoditized product uh, in an industry that's complex and uh, price sensitive and uh, has very little uh, loyalty in, in the business. Um, Caleb recently sold 49% of his business to one of the biggest wholesalers in the country, if not the biggest, and uh, that has resulted in a to 400 percent gross in his revenues over the last couple of months since he's done the deal. So um, Caleb, I just want to give you maybe some, some uh, background. As part of uh, what we've done uh, at RayScope. I've actually worked with a field trader before. Mm-hmm. So I have some little insight. It was a couple of years ago, so my memory is a little bit uh, rusty. But we built a, a a small business into a 750 million US dollar uh, trading business. That's uh, how, b- how big the sure. the trade the trading was. And I'm going to try and I was trying to write down during the break some of the sort of the strategic points w- which we focused on, mm-hmm. and try and share that w- with you too. So let me let me. You saw me very much focusing on the sales area, mm-hmm. and to me the the. the let, let me jump and tell you a little bit of another story, and then I'll relate mm-hmm. it back to you here. When, when the, the, the advertising director for Nike and uh, was asked by um, Shell, and if it's ironic, ironically it's Shell, um, how to make people come to their forecourts, and mm-hmm. this is not in South Africa, this is in the US, versus um, anyone else's. He said, make your, your toilets sparkling, your bathrooms sparkling. It's nothing to do with the fuel, because petrol is petrol is petrol. Mm. Okay. But people will come to a forecourt or to a petrol station, and if there's a reputation for clean toilets, if they've got a choice between X and Y, they will say, "Ah, you know, well I mm-hmm. might as well go to that one that's cleaner. So the answer was not actually in the fuel, it was actually in the bathrooms. And mm-hmm. why I'm telling you that, because to me very much in the wholesale space there's a couple of places that are not in the fuel it's not about the fact that my fuel better yeah. than your fuel or my service is better than your service mm-hmm. okay it lives in my opinion in a different place for you to think and it's in an obvious place in most businesses but people don't focus there so to me it's about the sales team and the efficiency in the sales team, so your first-place protocol of call is your sales team and, and the efficiency of that sales team. So let's, let's talk about your sales team as, a, as an example, mm-hmm. okay? I don't have the details, we haven't spent enough time. But let's say you had five sales people and they were all calling on 20 people a, 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 a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were able to, make, to move that 20 to 30 a week, an increase of 50%. And you were managing your your closing rate. Okay. Then, then your, the amount of fuel you would would close or you would sell would mm-hmm. be higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so the ability to sell is a function of the salespeople. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how and their relationships and their and their, but they also their productivity. When you when in certain industries when you when you're so price sensitive we forget efficiency around the sales team mm-hmm. and the fact that if I get a better sales team then we're competing that sales team is your is and it's a terrible analogy but is your bathroom in the mm-hmm. example before mm-hmm. because if you got a, a, a shit hard sales team that that is efficient professional out there and doing better than your competitors sales team mm-hmm. that's the difference okay it might be marginal but I- in your business everything is marginal mm. okay so for me, if I were you right now, I'd become, I'd become obsessed with managing salespeople. I'd go to every single course on sales management. I'd read every book on sales and management. I would make sure that, uh, that's why I was asking, how often do you manage them in that weekly meeting? Mm-hmm. What's that about? Mm-hmm. Where do you get these salespeople from? Okay? Mm-hmm. How professional are they? Like, how is their reporting? Because if you can squeeze out and extra efficiency out of that, mm-hmm. then you can open up your 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 sales pipeline. The second thing around the sales is your sales training. And many businesses make the mistake within within a sales environment is that they sell they sell their they, they train their salespeople, okay, and even might do what you do is go and sell, see them sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they're on performance. But the you said in before that your business is very complex. Mm-hmm. Like it's nuanced. It's not just about buying fuel for one rand and selling it for one rand and two cents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not that. It's far more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And that that is very important that you can get somebody up to speed as quickly as possible. So the training is one element. And I'd go to the sales training and go and say, go with the mindset of this is crap. This is uh, like even if it's good, it's crap. How do I make it better? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I train them, but is my training methodology the right way should mm-hmm. I, Should I train them for a week, or should I train them for four weeks, one day a week with some Do I have an exam at the end to see that they understand that, mm-hmm. okay. which I would highly recommend or uh, do I observe them on a regular basis as, as a as a process? What do I do? so the second element now is around finding the right salespeople and then managing them. Um, uh, the training more -hmm. uh, more efficiently. Okay, so that's on the sales side. The second element that I'd focus on is is going to be around the comms, the communication to your clients. Top of mind, making sure that they're aware of everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. Very often in a a commodity business, because it's a commodity, once again the bathroom example, Mm -hmm. we forget that comms could be the difference. That if it's top of mind and I need fuel and I've just received a thing that you know the indications are that the fuel price is going to drop or go up, yeah. etc. from from uh, VC trading, um, if VC traders, then uh, I'm just going to call C- Caleb now because you're top of mind. So mm-hmm. don't underestimate the power of communication and how often you do it. Too often is bad, too little is bad. You have to find the right mm-hmm. sweet spot for that. The last point here which I think you've hit the nail on the head is by, by selling 49% to get a big brother. In, the, in this industry, this is actually not in the fuel industry. You're in the finance business. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's the business you're in. Yeah. Now once you reframe yourself that I'm in the finance business, okay, not in the fuel business, mm-hmm. okay, then it's a different story. It's the old McDonald's story. that McDonald's are not in the burger business, mm-hmm. they're in the property business. Mm-hmm. You need to reframe and say, I'm in the finance business. So what you've effectively done now, in terms of getting a big brother, is actually you've got a balance sheet, and you've got bulk, behind mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and now you can finance 30 days, 60 days, etc. which is a finance business. Okay, mm-hmm. You're a 100%. funding business. You mm-hmm. happen to be funding fuel, but you're in a funding business. Mm-hmm. Now you have to become obsessed around understanding funding and the nu- nuance of funding, because funding is not just as simple as oh, what's an interest rate on on top of mm-hmm. that. There's, 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 if if Kumaran was sitting next to me, he would come in, in here and he would say, think about this, this, this and this. So mm-hmm. you need to be beca- thinking about uh, going to become an expert in finance because Caleb, you are not in the fuel wholesale business. You are in the finance business. So I hope I've given you some fair food for thought and I hope you out okay. there who are watching this are trying to apply some of this thinking uh, to your business where um, you think you're in one business but in fact you're in another. You think that the solution is in selling a better product, but in fact it's something completely different to, to what you think where the actual leverage points are to increase your business. Stay tuned to see what's coming up after the break.
0: Clearly having too many ideas is bad, not just for yourself, but for the organization.